Thank you, Lord, that you are not only the hope in our heart, but you're the only hope for our world. May we be heralds of that hope, not just testimonies to it, but to announce that you are the hope of the world. You're the only, you're the only one that can rescue and heal and restore break the strong ties that hold people in bondage you're the only one that breaks addictions completely and totally oh Lord may those in such conditions realize the hope that is in you and reach out to you the only one that can do the miraculous in their lives thank you Lord you've done the miraculous in us For as redeemed by your blood, we're all walking miracles. So we adore you and we worship you. And we give you praise for what you have done. And we have a great expectancy that you're not anywhere near finished with us. There's much to come, much to learn, much to grow, much to experience. How eager we are, Lord, to see what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this is our last gathering before 2017 arrives. So uh, I've I've got a present for you tonight. How's that? It's a a late Christmas present. So I want to give everybody a gift this evening. So if... uh, Ron, you can help me. It's a pad. How many need a pen? You can, and if you need more pads, we got plenty of pads. Let them know if you need a pen. When you get the pad, I want you to, I'm going to instruct you on what we're doing why don't you put your name at the top of it and date it as today's date. And I'll give you some things to write down here in just a moment. We'll wait until everybody has one of them. How I many you know that you recall what you see, you recall what you hear, but you recall better when both of those happens? When you can see and hear, when you have two of your senses involved, there's a greater retention on what, this is why it's really important to uh, read the scriptures and also listen to them. There's just so many apps now. I understand version is was one of the most uh, active apps, period, on uh, iTunes, on the app store. And uh, <clears throat> they've got all kind of neat now Bible reading programs you can get into. But um, various translations, a lot of them have the audio um, feature that you can actually sit there and and read and listen to the narration. So um, I'm going to get you to write down some things here in just a moment. But uh, go ahead and put your name and date it.
There's an interesting, um, when we think of prayer, we think of that that is spoken, right? A prayer is something that is spoken. Um, but in many times in the Bible, it is that that's written. And um, the prayer that Jesus prayed in the upper room on the night before he was betrayed later on that night, that's recorded in John 17. It's one of the most continuous prayers that we have of Jesus. We also, for some reason, have what he prayed when he separated himself from the disciples there in Gethsemane, and uh, he had this intense intercession with the Father. So somewhere down the line, he must have told them what he prayed, even though he separated himself from them. So or it was just revealed to him. More than likely, he, uh, he communicated that with them when he came out of that prayer time and let them know exactly what was going on. And uh, still the disciples had a little bit of trouble agreeing to letting this, this bunch of soldiers arrest him. <clears throat> so um, I want to take you to Ephesians. Because Ephesians is kind of an interesting letter to a church that Paul helped establish. And um, twice he tells them something he's praying for them. And, um, and this pad is, I hope, in some way becomes your prayer pad, okay? That you use it to write out prayers. And I'll give you more instruction on uh, just some ideas that you can use. There's 50 pages on this pad. So when you use up the front page with your name, you've got 49 left. So you, you have at least a page That'll take you through the month of January if you do something every day. <clears throat> listen, listen to these two prayers, though, and see if these prayers sound familiar, prayers that you've heard people pray. In chapter 1, the prayer begins in verse 15. For this reason, every since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus... And your love for all the saints. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And then he tells them what some of his prayers have been for them. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Pretty good prayer, isn't it? That the Father would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation so they would know him. It is possible to know the Lord better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. And that's a word that we saw up on the screen a while ago. <clears throat> to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. He lists things that is part of his prayers there. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, 
and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. There's a lot to that prayer, isn't there? Now, what uh, specifically is he praying for, for these people? I know we can look at the words, but what dimension of their life is this prayer dominating? Is there anything in the external surrounding that he's praying for them about? So what's the focus? The internal. It's the soul. It's the spirit. It's the heart. The eyes of your heart. Think about how that language is um, so rich in imagery. The eyes of your heart being enlightened. Heart, the cardia. uh, The Greeks ascribe certain certain things to the organs. The heart was the seat of the will where people made their decisions. It was was the essence of life. When it says that Jesus was moved with compassion, it meant that the word there is the word for the intestines, that he had this deep sense of compassion because in in their view, that's, that's where compassion came from. It was a gut feeling of of love and sympathy for people. So when he says the eyes of your cardia being enlightened, what do you think he's talking about? Something about our soul, right? Something about coming in and making everything more clear. The enlightening is like a dimmer switch where he's like, I want the dimmer switch of your spiritual awareness to start getting more intense. Where it's clearer God's purpose for your life. God's direction for your life. We would like for him to just stick um, something in the mail to us by Federal Express to tell us what we're supposed to do with our life. Because it would be much easier if we just got it that way. But in some ways we back away from this, this turbulence of wrestling with what God wants us to do compared to what we want to do. What we want our future to be. And we know maybe sometimes it's in conflict with what he wants our future to be. And this is what Paul is, is speaking to these believers is, is internally, I want you to increase. Now it gets really interesting over in chapter 3. And we'll turn there. <clears throat> in verse 14. And I'm going to also read this out of the message. And then we'll get to the pad. How's that? All right, verse 14 of Ephesians 3. For this reason I kneel before the Father, 
from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, you should be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We covered this in our staff meeting today. We had a little bit of delay on staff meeting from yesterday because I had... Two grandkids in town until about an hour ago. And they're heading back to Colorado driving. So pray for Sean to stay alert. And um, I know they're praying for the kids to go to sleep quickly. And sleep all night. Six and three year olds. But um, we covered this in staff meeting today. Think about that prayer. Think about that prayer. To the measure of all the fullness of God that you be filled. That you be filled in a way that God just swallows you. To me, I feel like that the word swallow characterizes what I pray for this for myself. That the Lord would swallow me up in his Holy Spirit, in his presence, in, in who he is. And, of course, we love the way this this prayer ends. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. There's the prayer. There's the prayer. The second prayer he's written out for these people. What about writing out prayers? Are they just as powerful as spoken prayers? Now, what he's saying is that he's he's been praying this, so he's telling them what he's been praying. He just didn't write this out. He says, this is what I've been praying for you and interceding for you, that, that in your inner being, you know, you know if, if we can get inside of us where it needs to be i think stuff around us that we worry about will start sort being sorted out and if it's not being sorted out here's what here's the other effect we deal with it differently when we have a different heart you know they put the uh, lord's prayer to music our father Who art in heaven? And Jesus gave this prayer. And right in the middle of this prayer is, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And later on, Jesus put it really in a frightening term that the people who have offended you and me and done us wrong, if we don't forgive them, he won't forgive us. 
Did he say that or not? So is it just the emotion? Or is, is there truth to this, this reality? If we, you know, say, well, I still feel bad toward them. You know, how do you get rid of the emotion? Well, I think you have to go to the cross until you realize that what Jesus forgave us of is a lot worse than what we need to forgive someone. And besides, the reality is if we think that we can have a higher standard than God, then you can impose your punishment on someone who's done you wrong. Because when God forgives us, in reality, he withholds the punishment we deserve. And he looks at his son as a reason why he can acquit us and declare us not guilty when we are guilty, but he declares us not guilty in light of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Whatever anyone has ever done against you or against me, is it possible for the Lord to forgive them? And if we choose not to, what does that say about us? That we have a higher standard than God? That we, and this is, well, how do you know when you really forgive someone? And most of us in here have been blindsided at some point in our life, uh, had our legs cut out from underneath us, either in business or in church or whenever. And here's where I think is the barometer when you know you have truly forgiven someone is when you no longer want to tell people what they did to you. Really. And, and I know this from a personal, I've, I was saying I'd forgiven someone many times. But when their name popped up, I was too eager to tell them what happened. And the Lord, this is, this is how I came to have this revelation of that. The Lord dealt with me, says, you have not forgiven them. And I thought, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've let go. He says, no, you haven't. You, you always want to tell someone what? they did you all you still want them to pay for what they did even if it's in the estimation of other people are you following me and so I I had to come to grips like oh no I've been all this time I've been saying I'm I'm done with it I'm through with it I'm not it's not bothering me anymore but that was a wrestling match within me and at some point you realize that you cannot out wrestle God you cannot, you cannot just keep going. When once he talks to us about something, the struggle is on, and that's a struggle none of us are going to win. So we have to come to place where we're through you, I let it go. Through you, I let it go. You don't bring up my junk, right? He doesn't bring up our stuff, does he? Does he throw it in our face when we mess up again? Take something twenty years ago, and but how often do people do that? They say they've forgiven someone and all of a sudden when someone does something, they bring up stuff 30 years ago. It tells exactly what's going on, still going on in their heart. They still haven't let go of it. And I'm telling you, so how do you, how do you, you have to get to the cross and stay there until you and the Lord sort that out.
So here's what I want you to do with this pad. Because I want, I want us to make 2017, I, I want us to do something about 2017 tonight, even though it's December 28th, there's three days left. Um, here's three words I want you to write down. Priorities. Priorities. And you, and you may not list these, you might not start these tonight, but this is just three words I want to give you to focus on, to use this pad, to jot things down, to write it down, make a note of it. And the next word is plan, not plans, but singular, plan. And specifically, what is your plan for 2017? And the third word, they all start with P, is prayer. Prayer. Now you can jot down tomorrow's date underneath all that. And you know what your schedule is tomorrow. Most of us know what pretty much what's going to be happening, right? Here's what I want you to do with tomorrow, just to jot down a few things, is how can I adjust my plan for tomorrow to be more effective for Christ? What can I do that's fluid, that, you know, I think probably most of us in here determine what time we're going to set our alarm clock in the morning. Or some of us really don't need an alarm clock. We just wake up. But where can I adjust what I'm doing to, to have these kind of prayers fulfilled in my life where the eyes of my heart are enlightened and, and God is filling me with His Holy Spirit, continually uh, immersing me in His Spirit, swallowing me in all of, all of my frailties and inadequacies and everything else that I want to, I could use as an excuse of why I'm where I'm at. But to really say, I'm, I don't want to offer any excuses, Lord. You've called me to be filled with you. You've, this is your desire is for me to be filled with you. How can I help facilitate that? He could just overpower us and just do it. But I think I don't think that hardly ever happens. Maybe with some people, they have those kind of experiences that are just overpowering. Most of the time, he speaks and we and we make a move. He speaks and we make a move, and we either move toward him or we like, ooh, I don't know about that. I'm I'm not. I don't know if I'm ready for that, and we move away. And what happens there? We, it just creates a delay in what God wants to do in our lives. He is. There's no doubt in my mind that no moment, no day, no hour, no minute in God's estimation is wasted. It's just wasted time. And when you go to talking about priorities, here's, here's some of the, um, the ways to gauge this. Not just what your priorities are, but through the course of the day, what do you give yourself to the most? Your time is part of where you declare what's valuable to you. And um, 
God may talk to you about how much you're on your phone, your iPad, your computer. That's not necessary to your work. It's just stuff. And it'll just, what do you listen to? What do you read? What, what's your plan for 2017 as to how you move past where you're at? Where can I be by the time 2017 kicks in, January 1, when we gather here, Lord willing? And we're able to be here first Sunday of next year. What, what can happen in us between now and Sunday? See, I think that's an amazing thought to me that Thursday and Friday is just not leading up to the big day Saturday. Right? Or the bigger day Sunday. But what can, what can, what can we do tonight? And here's where I think we need to become more intentional in prayer. You need to write out a prayer before this evening is over on this pad. And here's what I want you to do. If someone, if, if someone says, I want to pray for you the next few days, what would you want them to pray for? And that's what you need to create a prayer, write out a prayer. Why is that? Well, here's, here's where um, I think this is beneficial. Not everybody's comfortable in praying publicly, praying with other people listening. But you can become very conversant with God through the pen. You can really open your soul to him. And I'm not one to journal every day, but I tell you, when I get when I get the journaling anointing, is when I'm pressed, and when you know I'm really dealing with stuff. I find myself with a notebook and writing out, Lord, this is how I feel. This is how, and I want this. I want you to do this in me, and I'm just, I'm just writing away. I could be saying it, but it helps me to go back and read it. And I, I want to encourage you, if you have not been prone to journal or write, this is your pad. This ought to last you at least January. But who knows? You might just go crazy on it and start writing away. And this is another thing I want to tell you to do with this pad. All of us have people that we care about, that we might not know where they stand with the Lord. This is a great way to speak hope into them through sending them a note. And that note is a prayer. You know, there's people that Larry and I have witnessed to. We call it in our restaurant outreach ministry. But, um, you know, there's certain things that I've just listened to how they talk. And I know I'm praying for something that I'm praying in in a way that I believe God has directed me to pray for them. And, um. And I'm keep and I'm when I'm back there I ask them, you know, how's it going? 
And I'm, I'm praying for you. And I'm believing God to reach them and to reveal himself to them. So I, I want you, if you've not been prone to do this, it's my desire that you become such a person of prayer that your family hears you pray, your spouse hears you pray, your children hear you pray. You're able to step through, step past this awkward moment and just pray. But I believe if you do this, if you write this out, and you write out a prayer, I believe it'll help you in knowing how to pray. How do we know what to pray? What are the specific? Somebody might give us a specific need. But here's, here, and I don't, I, please, I'm not pushing, putting this down. But most of our prayer needs is external. It's the physical needs, the ailments. It's a surgery. It's a pain. It's a back. It's a shoulder. It's arthritis. It's, and we're so eager to give that. That's great because by his stripes we're healed. Well, what about what's going on inside of us? What about those pockets of anger or unforgiveness that we just want to keep shoved over in a corner and not let, not let God deal with it, not, not want him to deal with that? You know, that's my defense. This is, this is, you know, people have done me and this is how I've become and I can't help it. And then we start making excuses. And it's more important, listen folks, it's more important what's going on in our souls than what's going on in our bodies. Because our bodies are temporary. Our souls are eternal. Now that's not saying what's going on in our bodies is not important. I'm just saying when you compare the two, when you compare the two, what's going on in our spirit is a lot more important than this temple. This this temple is breaking down. It, it's 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 in it's in its DNA to get weaker and you know, I wished I could run like I used to run. I can't run like I used to run. My grandson, ten year old grandson showed me that. So wonder I didn't pull a hamstring or something trying to chase that kid down with football. I was like and then it took me like a two hours to catch my breath but what's going on in my soul is what's important is my soul yielded to the Lord so I just want from I'm just telling you my experience when I start writing stuff down what I'm praying for people and what I'm praying for members of my family and what I'm praying for my son-in-law and my daughter and my daughter-in-law and son and and I want, to, I want them to pray for each other at the end of the day. I, I, want, I want our day in our house to end with prayer. I want the last thing we do is pray. Because I have this thing about sleep. That whatever you listen to last is what's laying on your subconscious as you sleep. That's why I never like watching Alfred Hitchcock at night. And Twilight Zone and 
what was that, Rod Sterling? Oh, he scared the daylights out of me as a kid. <sighs> but what if you turn that around and say, we're going to talk to God. We're going to talk to God about what he wants for our lives, what he wants for us tomorrow, what we can thank him for today. He's, I mean, if you're able to get to bed at a reasonable time and, and your bed is not at a hospital, you've done pretty good. <laughs> so you say, thank you, Lord, that I'm in my own house and I'm in my own bed and I'm just thankful that I can sleep here and so grateful for my family and grateful for my friends, grateful for my church family, and just spend that time. And I, I just believe it helps our sleep. I can't prove it scientifically, but it's, I believe. And this is why when our children were real small, I decided that the last thing I did with both Jason and Kelly was go to their room, kneel down next to their bed, and take their hand, and pray for them and thank God for them and pray for their future spouse, which Kelly was okay with that. Jason wasn't okay with that. And some days the Lord had prompted me. I was a little too hard on Jason. I was never too hard on Kelly. But I would end up saying, son, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I was too, too much. Uh, I was too hard on you. And I shouldn't have done that. And I, I want you to forgive me. And, and he'd look at me like, okay, is there a catch to this? <laughs> but, you know, it's my time to be transparent with him. And early on, I stopped spanking him. Because it didn't work with him. <laughs> and, you know, all the books that you read, Strong Will Child and all that, I said, this is not working. Disciplining him like that just is counterproductive lord you're gonna have to and he showed me how to deal with it he he helped me and i hardly ever had any problems out of him from then on so if we're desperate for god to give us wisdom and we say lord i don't know how to handle this undoubtedly the way i'm handling it is not working and i we got to have a different approach here i guarantee you when you sincerely ask god for help get ready and have your pad ready because <laughs> he may wake you up in the middle of the night and says uh, this is where you need to do something different and it worked it just worked so isn't God good this is your prayer pad keep it close by keep it on a nightstand because I'm telling you, I believe when we intentionally say, God, I want to hear from you, and we give him permission to step into our world a little bit more, he will take us up on that offer. Because he does, he does want us to know him more, more intimately. Can you do that? Here's what you need to do, too. Hold your, have somebody, a friend or your spouse or somebody accountable, which I'm going to jot these things down and, and tell someone I, I'm, I want to answer to you about how I did with this. Because I think if we submit to accountability and we have an accountability partner, someone that can hold us to our choices and to our plan, 
then we we tend, we probably won't fudge as much as you know on some days when we're just not up to it and our you know we're not into it you might say but uh i just believe 2017 is going to be a rocket year for us and i'm i'm just but i'm i can't wait i i want to have the start early i want to start early i want to open christmas presents now for next year you know just start early just see what god has for us so let's stand together thank you lord and uh, I'm sure you hear of people that need prayer. And, um, you know, think about our, our children, uh, our Kelly tonight and Shauna as they travel, and uh, Abby and Joshua. They got about a 1,300-mile drive. That's 23 to 25 hours of driving. So, Lord, I thank you for my friends here. And it's my desire for each one of them to go deeper with you. To experience more of your power, more of your presence, more of your greatness, Lord. You created everything so perfect. The universe is symmetrical. It, everything is on perfect timing. Our planet, this solar system... Everything is so exact. And you made it that way. And I know, Lord, that you can cause our lives to be more exact. That the timing of our days and the timing of our conversations can fit your plan. And that's my prayer for each of us tonight. That in the course of tonight and as we get up for our daily routine tomorrow, that we'll have a greater sense of of a purpose for that day. And that we want to live it out, not for any accolades of our own, just because we know we need you. And we need to be closer to you. We need more of your spirit in us. We need more of your character, more of your compassion, more of your patience, more of your mercy, Lord, because we are all recipients of all of that. You have given us all of that without measure, so, Lord, may we just be a conduit of, as you give to us, we let it come out of our lives into other people. And help us, Lord, to stay the course. I pray for those who have a schedule that's very burdensome. It's, it's top end. It's loaded up, Lord. And time seems such a premium to them. that Somewhere in that schedule, you would create a space for them to be still and know that you're God and that you have your hand upon that young lady, that young man, that family, that son, that daughter, that friend that we're praying for, Lord, that you have their greatest interest, their best interest in mind. So we thank you for that. And as we pray for them, Lord, we believe we're partnering with you to see a life change for them. So light our path, show us the direction, order our way, Lord. Touch our families tonight and bless the remaining days of this year in a great way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.